listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. You're joined by myself, Lawson, and Monica. We've come into the second hour of the show. It's currently 8.04 a.m. And we are going to have another clue for the quiz. What number am I? When Abraham first interceded for Sodom, the Lord said he would spare the whole city if this many righteous people were found. It's at least one. <laughs> True. At least more than one. Hey, yeah. zero four nine one. Well, we know the answer four. is not the number one because yeah. the previous clue was about retirement. No one retires at the age of one. Hey, <laughs> well, you could if, if you were born rich. That's right. Or if you know you started a business when you were zero years old and yeah. you know, just had really good returns, like. <laughs> That's not not off the cards. Yeah. Because everyone's everyone's born at nine months of age, right? And then you have a year before you're one. So, yeah. Yeah. So you're saying that someone was able to build a business. Yeah. From their learned experience in the womb, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Lost the talk about miracles now. Hey, 0491 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. It's it's just grinding from birth, you know? Just just, just on that. (laughs) grind if we were really if we're really on that grind from birth we could be there uh (laughs) zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one we've got some correct answers coming through this morning people getting in for the amazing food as medicine book by sue rad in fact we've got a bit of a testimonial there monica oh do oh yeah d texted in she said I love the Food as Medicine cookbook. 90% of my everyday meals come from it. Shout out to the best doctor auntie in the world. Oh. Oh, I guess maybe Sue Rad is her aunt. Mm -hmm. Or maybe in like a colloquial sense. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It it's it stands to be seen. We we don't know, but uh, <laughs> babe. But if Sue Rat is your auntie, then shout out you because you are living your best life. But I love that ninety percent of my everyday yeah. meals. And also, if Sue Rat is your aunt, can you hook us up with some free food, <laughs> <laughs> some samples? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that is awesome. Hey, you are listening to the Breakfast Show here on Faith FM, and we are going to get into a Bible study that is all about immortality. Dun, dun. So this oh. is actually relating to what we were talking about in our news story earlier today. The freaky deaky news story. Freaky deaky, you know, miracles yeah. and, and regarding the dead. And, and what is the Bible's perspective on that? We were talking about necromancy, yeah. right? So we were talking about how, well, the Bible calls necromancy an abomination. Indeed. But it's so difficult to understand why. This, this is, this is my point. If, if the Bible calls necromancy, it, well, if the if the perspective of a lot of Christians is that you know the dead are in heaven or in hell or whatever it may be, but particularly for those in heaven, if if they're just all like chilling up there, you know, just just hanging out and looking upon this earth and and waiting as we're waiting for Jesus to come, to come back, which are two doctrines: the second coming of Jesus and the immortality of the soul. Just completely cancel each other out. There's like no need for a second coming if the soul's immortal. Uh, but if they're just like up there looking down on earth and you know seeing what we're doing then then what is the problem with contacting the dead are you not speaking into heaven you know it's like oh you know i'm just getting on my phone to heaven like we're told to pray to god and i feel like the understanding of the soul as immortal the automatic outcome of that is to believe that you can contact the dead. And that's exactly what we see, say, in the Catholic Church, where they pray to saints and they ask saints to be with them and guide them and help them and whatnot, because they're like, oh, well, if they're all up there in heaven and they're, they're chilling and I'm already 
you know, told to pray to God in heaven so that he can help help me down here, then why can't my dead cousins or relatives or these saints, you know, Mm -hmm. why can't I pray to the Apostle Peter or this guy or that guy or or whoever, you know, I I went to my, my, um, my school, I went to a Catholic school, it was St. Joseph's. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if it was named after the biblical Joseph or a different Joseph, but regardless, they thought Joseph was a saint and the priest there, the father there, probably prayed to Joseph. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you know, if they're all chilling up there, just doing nothing, it's like, hey, why can't you help me down here, you know? A lot of religions have this concept of praying to your ancestors. Ancestor worship. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. I, one of my really good friends, she's Japanese, she's now Christian, and despite Japan being such a secular country, she would go to the shrine and pray to our ancestors, you know, it's just like, oh, this is what, what we do, you know, mm-hmm. just go and, go and talk to them. If anything, it was like a cultural thing. So, yep, just go and talk to my ancestors. And I even know for members of my family who aren't even Christian and would almost call themselves atheist or agnostic, they seem to find some level in com- of comfort in going down yeah. to the local cemetery and talking to their loved ones. And you see this a lot in television. I um I like watching Korean television and there's almost always a scene where the lead character is going through a hard time. So what do they do? They go to um, temple. the temple and talk, have a little chat with their ancestors about their issues and, yeah, talk to the wall, essentially. Yeah, which is, which is pretty wild because, again, the Bible straight up denounces this. It calls it an abomination. It's deemed as necromancy and witchcraft, which is something that is even listed in the New Testament as something that keeps you out of heaven. Mm. So I'm like, but, but again, but why? But why? And the simple reality is, it's because they're really dead. Mm. Those spirits are really dead. So therefore, who are you talking to? Um, And it's like, okay, we've been talking about Satan's end time deceptions. What has been Satan's deception from the beginning for humanity? Thou shalt not die. Exactly. Eat the fruit. Absolutely. Thou shalt not die. Yet, death is a very common reality and we see people just literally die like they're they're, 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 they're dead and mm-hmm. they don't move and they don't talk and they don't do anything and it's like okay sweet they're dead and it seems as though would someone have an agenda to purvey a message to the world that no they're not really dead they're actually in a better place right now so death isn't that bad of a thing right exactly who has an agenda to say that yeah who who wants people to keep sinning and because the the outcome of sin is death Mm-hmm. Uh, God clearly wants to remove sin and death from the world. That's why the second coming even exists, because God has given salvation to all humanity, and he wants to bring about a time in the world in which there is no more death. That's what we read in First Corinthians. Death is swallowed up by victory. The grave is defeated. God doesn't want there to be death anymore. God, death, from God's perspective, death is a reality that he wants to end along with the ending of sin. But who would have anything to gain from purveying a message to the world that, no, death isn't that bad? You know, death is, you just go to a better place. Yeah, definitely the devil. I think Satan. I think Satan. But let's read about it from the book of Revelation. If you've got it there with you, Monica, let's start by going to Revelation chapter uh, 16. And we're going to read verse 13 and 14. Revelation 16, verse 13 and 14. I'm reading from the New King James Version, and it says this, And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophets. For they are the spirits of demons performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. 
Mm, there is such an important perspe- perspective that we get from this verse. And that is, as you kind of mentioned when you talked about Moses briefly, demons can perform signs. That's right. Satan can perform signs mm-hmm. and miracles. In fact, if we go to Revelation 14, which is what our Bible study... Actually, no, sorry. Revelation chapter... I'm going to read Revelation chapter 13, if I can get the page up. And we're going to read this section of Revelation 13 that I find particularly interesting. Revelation 13. And would you read for us verse 12 and 13 in Revelation 13? And he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. He performs great signs so that he even makes so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So we have these two verses here, and they show us that the beast, so this is the beast, the second beast of Revelation 13. So an entity that has been set up by Satan to oppose God and his people. Um, this entity, this, uh, you could call it an institution, whatever it may be, this this nation potentially as it's given the signs that uh you know purvey that idea uh it's given the the symbols that purvey that idea as we know read in uh daniel chapter 7 that a beast in bible prophecy equals a nation and this is a beast so this nation this institution it uh it would go out and it exercises all the authority of the first beast because there's a beast before it which is also set up by satan but it does miracles it performs great signs even causing fire to come down from heaven to earth in full view of the people now um there are some evangelicals who have said oh this is actually talking about nuclear bombs in the future bum 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 you're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. But I truly don't believe that the Bible is making an allusion to nuclear bombs because this is actually an allusion back to the Old Testament. When is the time in the Old Testament in which fire came down from heaven, Monica? Oh, when Elijah prayed the Lord and with the... the- Prophets of Baal. Absolutely. A little showdown on Mount Carmel. Fire came down from heaven, and the result of that fire was to prove who was the right God. And once the right God was proved, which was the God of heaven, those opposing God were killed and persecuted. We see here it's saying that the, this beast is calling down fire from heaven in the sign of the people for the purpose of working a miraculous sign. It doesn't say for the purpose of warfare, which if it was talking about nuclear bombs, it absolutely would. But this is for the purpose of producing a ma- miraculous sign. It calls down fire from heaven, and as a result, people that oppose it will be persecuted um, just as they were in the time of Elijah. Now, does this mean that it's, that it's going to call down fire from heaven? No, this is just an allusion to what type of things it's going to be able to do mm. to convince people to trust it and to follow it. It's going to be similar in this in the same sense as what Elijah, the miracle that Elijah performed on Mount Carmel. So we know that the the those who are uh, oppose God, have the ability to produce signs and miracles and wonders that stand against him. And when they produce those signs and miracles and wonders, people will be convinced by this because it says as a result of these signs and miracles and wonders at the end of Revelation 13, that almost the whole world follows God. And then that's, you know, we see Revelation 14 and it's God's response and it's those people who truly decided to follow God instead of following the beast. Um, so it's it's a really interesting situation we've got going on here now we've been talking it's like okay 
we have this lie pervade right throughout religion and right from the beginning of time that the dead are still with us mm-hmm. and that the dead are still living. And my question is, you know, can we see some marrying up there of, oh, hey, this end time, it, it's been a deception from the beginning. Satan will be working signs at the end of time to convince people. Would it be that spiritualism is one of those means that Satan would use to deceive people before Jesus comes back? And I think it's naive to think that he won't because I've heard the argument, oh, even if the Bible says that people are dead and they can't communicate with us, what harm is there in going to their grave and talking to them? Like, if it just helps you out. But there, you're opening, uh, you're creating an opening for the devil to step in and, and, and start his deceit. Absolutely. Now, the question that does come is, Lawson, you are pretty assertively saying that the dead are, um, you know, uh, are not in heaven right now but are, or in hell. They're dead in the grave and they're waiting for Jesus' return. And you might be thinking, well, I haven't heard this before. Lawson, how can you so assertively say that? But I'll say to you um, that there are millions of Christians, millions and millions and millions of Christians who believe that um, from all different Christian denominations and backgrounds because that is simply what the Bible says. The Bible never calls the soul immortal. We don't see a single instance in the Bible of a dead person um, coming back as a spirit. In fact, there is some instances of people that you could say, you know, it's like, okay, well, these people are in heaven and and they come to earth. But specifically, John chapter, uh, sorry, Matthew chapter 17, we see the transfiguration of Jesus. But Jesus is communicating with Moses and Elijah. Moses, we know, was resurrected and taken to heaven. Elijah, we know, was take, transported to heaven on a chariot without seeing death. And so these people obviously are in heaven. They're in heaven right now. Why? Because they were taken there in body. But the perspective that people on this earth here die and then go immediately to heaven is just something that is not shown in the Bible. The closest that you'll get to it is the story of uh, the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, which shows that, you know, the rich man dies and he goes to Hades and the well, Gehenna, which is this burning um, valley, and the the Lazarus dies and he goes to heaven and they're talking to each other. And we've talked about this plenty of times here on Faith FM, just how absolutely um, this this is just a parable. Like, to take the application from that parable that, oh, when you die, you immediately go to heaven or hell would be the same as taking, you know, making an application from, like, the other parables. Like, I am literally soil, so I need to lie down on the ground. Yeah, and be or, sown. <laughs> or I am literally, um, I'm, I have to work in a vineyard if I'm to follow Jesus because that's what he's expecting me to do. Mm-hmm. You know, these, these kinds of things. It's, like, very clearly and obviously a parable. But, again, the Bible never calls the soul in mortal. In fact, the Bible consistently says, the souls that sins shall die. In fact, in the most famous Bible verse in the whole Bible, what does it say? For God so loved the world that whoever, um, oh man, I'm blanking. She shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Um, Whoever so believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. What we're seeing there so clearly is that the opposite of having eternal life is death. That's right. Not spiritual form you know you know and then there's a whole nother conversation about eternal torment to have as well but what we can see clearly from the bible is that the opposite of eternal life is perishing Mm -hmm. and we actually do die we actually do lay in the grave and rest until jesus comes back this is what we see in you know this is well 
again, this answers the question. It's like, okay, well then, what are we doing? What are we doing until, are we just going to lay in the grave forever? No, it's like Jesus will clearly and obviously come back, which the second coming of Jesus to take those who are in the grave to heaven and to take those who are living on this earth at the time when Jesus comes back to heaven, that is only necessary if you are actually dead. Yeah. If you're already in heaven, what, is, what, what need is there for a second coming? That's like, right. Like, it's, it's the two doctrines... In the, the words, anticlimactic is what it would be. <laughs> yeah. The two doctrines, in the words of Lars Southwell, cancel each other out. That's right. They, they, just, they just cannot coexist, and they absolutely do not, because the Bible doesn't describe that at all. Let's see, read some verses about this, though. Uh, let's head to Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Uh, we're going to pick it up in verse 5. Ecclesiastes 9 and verse 5, if you can get that for us, Monica. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing, and they have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Oh, okay. So the dead know nothing, and the memory of them is forgotten. My simple question here is, Monica, does this sound like someone who is currently either in heaven or hell? Nope, not at all. They have no memory. They know nothing. You know, if I'm in heaven or hell right now, do I'm if I'm in heaven, I'm like living it up. You know, mm-hmm. living my best life. If I'm in hell, I'm not doing those things. But I definitely do not know nothing. That's right. Right. Mm-hmm. It sounds like wow, these people are really dead. Let's go to Job chapter nineteen. Uh, if you can read verse 25 to 27, Job chapter 19, verse 25 to 27. For I know that my Redeemer lives, and he shall stand at last on the earth. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold and not another, how my heart yearns within me. This reveals to us another aspect of what it is to die, and that is that, or what is actually life, and that is that we only have life in this body. There is no life afterwards. And as Job is saying here, he's like, after I die, you know, like I'm, I'll, you know, my redeemer lives. He shall stand last on the earth after my skin is destroyed that I know. So he's saying my skin is destroyed. So he's dead. (laughs) That I know in my flesh, I shall see God. Amen. He is basically, he's preaching the gospel here. Yeah. He's talking about, hey, I'm going to be redeemed. I'm going to be brought up from the grave. I'm going to be made new again to see my savior. I'm going to see God face to face again after this period of death. My skin is destroyed. I'm dead. But then in my flesh, not in my spirit, but in my flesh, I am going to see Jesus. Um, let's read another verse. You want to read Revelation chapter 14 and get it and verse 13. Revelation chapter 14 and verse 13. Then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, write, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Um, yes, says the spirit. Sorry. Yes, says the spirit that they may rest from their labors and their work follows them. Yeah. Where are they finding rest? <laughs> in the grave. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they may rest from their labors and, and whatnot. We know that w- there is labor to be done in heaven. We are going to be, you know, it's going to be the great, uh, the great reset. You know, we are going to be people with things to do and, you know, different roles and whatnot. We're going to be chilling in heaven. But where are they resting? Hey, they're sleeping in the grave. They know nothing, and they are awaiting Jesus's second coming as well. So, and there's plenty more verses that we can look at. I think I want to look at one more verse in particular on this topic. Let's have a look at, let's go to Psalms 115, verse 17. Psalm 115, Verse 17. 
The dead do not praise the Lord, nor any who go down into silence. The dead do not praise the Lord. My question to you, Monica, does this sound like someone in heaven right now? No, absolutely not. No, they go down into what? Into silence, Mm -hmm. into quietness, into knowing nothing. And so ultimately, we're going to talk more about this when we come back. But why is it such a problem? Why is necromancy such a problem? Why is it such a problem to contact the dead? Well, because they're really dead. So then who are you talking to? You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And Monica, you are going to read us another last, the last clue. The last clue. Uh, <clears throat> what number am I? The chapter in Genesis that records Joseph's death. A hint, it is the last chapter in Genesis. Mm. The chapter in Genesis that records the death of Joseph which is also the final chapter of the book of Genesis. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. Of course, we have our amazing prize for this week. This week, week. Food is Medicine by Sue Rad, an incredible book that will be a massive oh, blessing. Oh, and I think we still have that rule here at Faith FM is if you win a cookbook off us, you have to make us oh, a meal. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, of course. Man, I've got, right I've, I've, I've already mapped out a little trip, <laughs> you know, right across Australia. Oh, yeah. We should just wait till the end of the year and then everyone who's won a cookbook that we then do like a, a road Faith trip. Faith FM road trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Collecting all our owed meals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so in for this idea. <laughs> it's incredible. Hey, you are listening to the breakfast show and we've just got a text message in text message in it says even if the dead went straight to heaven we should not be praying to them the angels are in heaven and we are not called to pray to them but that is such God. a good point i've always thought this i was like even if they are alive why would you pray like what power do they possess pray to god absolutely it, like totally in fact yeah, we. I'm sure I've talked about this multiple times. When we're talking about the book of Revelation, one of my favorite things to point out about Revelation is that because book of Revelation, in terms of the, what it portrays as like the great end time decision <laughs> that everyone has to make, it's the decision to worship God. Yeah. And, be, and that's because he's the only one who has the credentials to worship and those credentials to be worshipped. And those credentials are the fact that he is the creator. And that's why angels can't even even solicit worship of themselves. That's right. They tell John, stop worshipping us, worship God. Like, you can't even worship us because we're not in that position. And this this, this always stumps me when I see people's idols. And I'm yeah. like, why would you pray to that? Like, it has no power. I told you just the other day mm. on uh, off air about the lady who, uh, she was an immigrant to Australia. Um, I can't remember which country from, but she, want, she was looking for a, a Buddha statue mm. to worship. And so she found one and she spent like a year worshipping this little Buddha statue until one day one of her friends pointed out, that's not Buddha, that's Shrek. And she spent a year <laughs> oh. worshipping and praying to Shrek. And I'm like, why would you waste your prayers on something that so clearly has zero power? Mm-hmm. But even doubly so, because... They're dead. That's right. Okay. Like they are fully dead. Mm -hmm. And so that brings up the question. If you're not talking to the, if you're not talking to the dead, who are you talking to? Like particularly because it's in direct disobedience to God. Yeah. But I find that on this area, well, because Christian spiritualism exists, it it exists. Mm -hmm. It's pervasive right throughout Christianity. We're talking about the Catholic church earlier and they they actively promote that you should do it you should you should talk and pray to the dead yet the bible has put such a prohibition against it and then okay so then if you're talking to the dead out of total and complete and utter rebellion to god then who are you talking to you're talking to someone it's not that okay well you think it's the dead but actually you're talking to angels no no it's like man you're really 
you're really, I, I think as you rightly pointed out, Monica, you're really opening yourself up to be in a very, very bad position. Mm-hmm. But this is the thing. It's like, we, we labor the point then. It's like, look, the dead know nothing. Stop speaking to them. Stop going to them. Like, really. Go to go to God. Go to Jesus. Because simultaneously, I love that verse where it's like, you know, fear not him who can destroy the body, but fear him who can destroy both the body and soul. And the person who can destroy both the body and soul is God. Amen. It's like we have it's we have the direct line. You know, you don't need to go through anyone else. You can get on the phone with God. You can go straight to the boss. You can call the manager. Like, straight to him, you know. You don't have to go through a series of employees. You don't need to make your way up the up the ladder. No, you can go straight to the boss. You can go straight to Jesus Christ and tell him what it is that's on your heart. Tell him what it is that you are struggling with. And, like pretty much all businesses, he's the only one with the power to do something. Amen. You know, it's like, it reminds me of all those memes. It's like, can I see your manager type deal? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. Because, you know, for that uh, middle-aged person who is having a, a, you know, an unhappy time at a restaurant or establishment or whatever, they know that the, the only ones with power are the, are the ones at the top. That's the position we're in. That's right. It's like, hey, man, so I'm struggling with something. I'm going to go straight to the manager. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get in. And... Again, so we can go straight to God with our requests. Because not only is he simultaneously the only one who can answer those requests, but also he's the only one who can bring us from a state of death to living. That's right. From a state of death to living. He is the only one who can do that. We see in the Bible there is this story of King Saul consulting Samuel's spirit through the Witch of Endor. But we know that in this story, the Witch of Endor didn't actually call up the spirit of Samuel. Samuel doesn't have a spirit to call up. Samuel's dead. Like, Samuel is dead in the grave. What's taking place here is that a demon is posing as Samuel. Mm -hmm. But the reason a demon is posing as Samuel is because Samuel can't be resurrected by a demon or Satan or anyone else. It is only God who can call for resurrection. And so, again, we look at this great end-time deception here. It's, oh, the dead, they're still living. Oh, they're in heaven. Oh, I should talk to them. I should this, that, the other. It's like, no, the dead are really dead. And the only one who has power over death is Jesus Christ. Amen. Why? Because he lived, he died, he resurrected. So, again, there is so much reason not to go to the dead. Mm -hmm. You know, because they're going to help you because they're dead. (laughs) They're not going to give you advice because they're dead. You can't get comfort from them. Because they're they're dead. dead. Um, The only one who can fulfill those needs, the only one who is in heaven right now who has his ear open to listen to you is none other than Jesus Christ himself. You know, let's talk about the help, help that Jesus has to offer us from heaven. Amen. Let's go to Matthew chapter 11. One of my favorite verses in the Bible. Just an amazing passage. This is one of the first passages that I really kind of came into contact to contact with from the Bible that I remember because I remember watching a TV show. This is before I was Christian. This is actually during the time that I was like about to become Christian. So early 2016, I remember watching a TV show and I was really struggling with life. I was like really down. And I remember hearing this verse, Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. And I was like, man, that is, that's, that's interesting. You know, it's, but Hey, do you want to read it for us? Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to verse 30. I'm pretty sure a lot of our listeners could quote this with us. Absolutely. Come to me, all who labor and who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Continue reading. 
But take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Mm, awesome. I, lo- I love that. We've got Matthew eleven twenty eight there, but then 29 and 30 giving us um, some some uh, some agriculture and well cattle industry um, illustrations, illustrations yeah. right there talking about the yoke. I heard a fantastic sermon one time from like a farmer. It was all about the yoke. You know, oh, what, wow. what, what the yoke is. I'm like, wow, that just gave me so much insight because I am the furthest thing from a farmer that you could possibly imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I am. No, nah, I mean, I'm a late Not kid. further than me, let me tell you. I, I'm a late kid. I'm not like fully 100% city slicker, but mm-hmm. at the same time, like I'm, I'm not a farmer. Um, but the Bible says here, yeah, come to me. You know, where is it that we can find rest from our labors? In God. In Christ. Mm-hmm. Like he's the only one. He, he, you know, we can't get the, the power of the spirits to help us to get through our str- trials and struggles it's only jesus and then who's the one who is wanting to guide us and direct us as you know shown here by put my yoke upon you it's easy and light it's jesus there is no guidance that can come from anyone else no good guidance at least Mm. there's nothing that can come from anyone else that can surpass and eclipse the guidance that jesus is wanting to give you the help that jesus is wanting to give you so it's not just people living on this earth it's not just people who are dead and you might be tempted to contact no it's no one but christ you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different and we are going to have not clues not questions but answers to the quiz for today what number am i i am the number 50 because jesus wasn't 50 years old the jews couldn't understand how he could have seen abraham Obadiah, Obadiah hid prophets in two caves, and each cave he hid 50 prophets. When a priest was 50 years old, he had to retire, and when air traffic controllers are 56 years old, they have to retire. When Abraham first interceded for Sodom, the Lord said he would spare the whole city if 50 righteous peaches, people were found. Not peaches. <laughs> peaches. <laughs> the chapter in Genesis uh, that records the death of Joseph is the chapter 50, which is also the final chapter of Genesis. Congratulations to everyone who got the Number 50, correct. Mm, absolutely. Hey, we got a text message here um, from Sky. She says, Food map diet all over Oz for cooked meals. I FODMAP. Fod, FODMAP. It's a thing. Oh. It's a, the type of diet. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What does that mean? It's, I think it's one of those allergy diets where, like, you eliminate all kinds of allergens and then you slowly introduce them back and see which ones your body reacts to to know what it is that's stuffing you up. Oh, okay. I well, I'm keen to go all over Oz to eat cooked meals. Yeah, yeah, I, would, yeah. I, I thought it was food map diet, and I'm like, yeah, just make a map with different locations to go oh, eat Oh, maybe food it's a in. pun, food map instead of FODMAP. I yeah. like that. That's yeah. Not, yeah, yeah. And so, and so we can, like, just, you know, I know that there's some cookbooks. If I, I'm just digging into the recesses of my mind of who's been sent cookbooks, you know, because we, we have the information as to where those people are. And we not, not only that, if we but, actually uh, wait till the end of the year to do this, It'll be Christmas time, so people have to give us Christmas presents. So we'll get food <laughs> and a prezzy. So jump in the car. I know that there's probably a bunch in Queensland, and I know that there would be some in South New South Australia. Wales, Victoria, and South Australia. I don't think anyone's one outside of those, like in terms of cookbooks. So, yeah. Have you been to South Wales before? Have I been to New South Wales before? I'm literally in New South Wales right South now. South Oz. South Dude, yes, Australia. Yes. <laughs> the only, South sorry, Australia. The only state that I have never set foot in is the Northern Territory. Okay. Mm. For me, it's Western Australia. You've never been to my yeah, I've, I've been to Darwin. 
Oh yeah. Yeah, I've been mm-hmm. to I've been to Adelaide, I've been to those spots, but I've never been to West Australia. We need, maybe on this trip we need to knock off those two so that you can get to the last day and I can get to the last day that we've never been to. Nice. I was actually planning to go to the Northern Territory for my thirtieth birthday and catch a hot air balloon over Uluru. And just as I went to book it, discovered they shut down the hot air balloons. Oh. So I went to Fiji instead on a cruise. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, okay. See ya. Um, <laughs> dude, Darwin's a nice place. It's really hot. Uh, yeah. I've heard they've had some lovely churches up there. Mm. Yeah. Some nice Seventh-day oh, Adventist churches. Dude, we can get up there and get fed by those people. Yeah. <laughs> Go out to Western Australia, get we'll fed just, by those We're people. just going to follow our stomachs around for That's a while. That's right. <laughs> yeah. There's a bunch of Western Australians at my uni. Oh, uh, really? At, at, down at Avondale. Yeah, I was, I was hanging out with one of them on the weekend. And like all Western Australians, there's... So, Pretty much every Western Australian I've met is super proud of being Western Australian and, oh, yeah. and being from Perth. They're like, uh-huh. Perth is the greatest city in the whole world. No, 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 no. I, I do not claim that. Yeah. <laughs> do you, you're, you're not about it? None at all. But the person that I was talking to on the weekend, they were like, yeah, I love Western Australia so much, but I'm so glad to leave. And I'm like... Yeah, yeah, that's that's more accurate. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like, why is that? And she's like... My parents. Oh. <laughs> no, like, I, I don't think she's like a parent parental hater but more of like a you know getting out of the nest going yeah. going to uni it's all the thing about wa is that it's so isolated from the rest of the country it's not like here where if you this is actually why they have a, a youth drug problem in western australia because like here if you're bored you can just you know go up to queensland or go down to tasmania or melbourne or something where in wa it's a lot harder and so they say that one of the reasons the youth take so many more drugs than any other state is because of the the isolation really? bo- boredom brought on by isolation yeah Wow, that must be taking place in Canberra as well, because they they struggle in Canberra. But then I I just I think that it's because Canberra's just, so boring. It's a boring city. <laughs> yeah, 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 if your city is boring, it contributes to drug problems. Yeah, so yeah. this is how you solve the problem. Everyone just move out of Canberra. It, that that will definitely be the way. Hey, speaking of drugs, um, I was chatting with our <laughs> previous host Blake. Uh, uh, he was he's in Brazil at the moment, and I was uh-huh. literally on the phone with him on Friday. And as I'm chatting away with Blake, someone asked him for drugs. <laughs> yeah, he lost. gets this all the time. People just come up to him, just think he's a drug dealer. He has this rule: if someone asks him for drugs, he has to stop and tell him the gospel. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good on him. You know, I, I, well, apparently I'm in that boat too because you know this is since, since I, that time in Byron. Oh Bay, yeah, they thought you saw. I'm like, you know, did it, you tell him the gospel? No, they just walked off when I told oh. them I didn't have drugs. You say, wait, I got something for you. I'm uh, better than drugs. Yeah, let me deal. You are listening to the breakfast show here on Faith FM, and we have come to the end of the show this morning. I am going to go for a run. Oh, practice? Yeah, mate, I need that training. I hope you don't throw up this time. Yeah, me too. I I hope I pray. Please pray for me. And guys, remember as you're going through this day to talk faith, to live faith, to act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.